Hello, my friends. Welcome to another week's podcast. Um, this week, I want to dive into what's happening um, to Iran right now. And I think everybody around the world all obviously knows what's happening. But I just want to contribute and like share in case someone may or may not have um, heard anything about it. Um, sorry for my voice today, I'm a bit uh, cold. Um, please don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and feel free always to contact me on Instagram at SkyMaras. On Twitter, like all the social media are talking about that. So I want to talk a bit more about why this is so important. So at the moment, social media is my number one source on what's happening in the world. I feel a lot of people kind of do the same as me. But before I continue, please don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and you can always count um, count on me. Contact me on Instagram at SkyMaras for suggestions, feedbacks, ideas, anything. On September 13, Mahsa Amini, a 22 years old Kurdish Iranian woman, was traveling to the capital city of Tehran to visit relatives when she was arrested by the so-called morality police for improperly wearing her mandatory hijab. In the police van she was beaten so severely that she went into a coma and three days later unfortunately she died from horrific injuries. Amini's death was ignited protests and condemnation from Iranians around the country denounced her death and regime that imposed. The regime has been ruthlessly dictating and oppressing its people particularly women and other minorities, for over 40 years. The protests have spread all over the country and the government is fighting back the only way it knows how, through brutality and violence. Over 41 people have already been killed, including children and numerous arrested. As images of the unrest went global night, the government literally shut down the internet. Like other totalitarian states, Iran was very strict about censure, uh, censorship sorry, rules, including controlling what these people can view on the internet. Many Iranians, though, use VPN or other methods to access the internet um, and, like, access, uh, most likely, sorry, banned sites like Instagram and WhatsApp, which they're used to organize protests. And actually, Elon Musk even um, said that he wants to provide his satellite, Starlink, to provide internet for the country. Global protests have soon followed. It was heartening to see so many violence in the diaspora and non Iranians standing in solidarity and vocalizing their outrage and emotional denouncement of a regime that many had to escape from. I made the chance for just for a mini and cause for regime change. A few people took to cutting or shaving their hair off in solidarity with the women in Iran who are bravely removing the hijabs and even burning them for its women who are leading the movement. Iran is no strength actually to demonstrations. After all, it was the coalition of various people who protest uh, the removal of the previous monarch which led to the Iranian revolution back in 1979, and the formation of the Islamic Republic. However, unlike more recent protests, such as the 2000 Green Movement that bitterly disputed the re-election of a hardline 
present, this presence for Iranians from various economical and geographical backgrounds, as well as different ethnic groups. The time is also evident due to worsening living conditions brought on by factors such as inflation and lack of resources like medication, massive which is caused by the sanctions imposed by the country, uh, on the country by the US, sorry, <laughs> and a symbolic and catastrophic response to the pandemic by the government. And Iran actually was one of the worst, um, not the worst, sorry, it was the countries that was worst hit by the COVID in its early days. After 41 years, the Iranian people are controlling the streets. And in contrast to the protests in November 2019, that people have the upper hand this time. Um, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name, so I'm really sorry. Um, I will try my best. Hossein Safar Harandi, the advisor to the head of the regime's revolutionary guards, revealed the extent of the situation in an interview with the state TV channel Ofog on September 20. He said, Well, sir, if you want to express your loyalty to a person whom you think is oppressed, express your sympathy. Well, this will be not uh, this will be not fulfilled with destruction and obscenity and with gestures that attack national interests. He added, but they responded, this is just an excuse and our main target is the principle of the system. That means we'll deal with the entire system. The first new agency published a fearful statement from the regime supporters in the University Road to condemn the abuse of recent events by adversaries our main red line is the values and ideals of the system. It's true that people are attacking the regime's red lines, values and ideals in the slogans. They're doing so they can get their message across. And these slogans are death to Khamenei. Khamenei is a murderer and his rule legitimately. Khamenei, uh, you murderer will bury you. This year, Khamenei will be overthrown, down with oppressor, whether Shan or supreme leader. All these events were highly driven apart from Amin's death, but also because of the continuity of women and girls uh, being treated as second-class citizens in Iran. Um, a UN expert actually said in the Human Rights Council, one of the most concerning issues in Iran today when it comes to the rights of the women is the issue of child marriage. Which I think for me is the same how they can marry off a child and that's my personal comment uh, and by law a girl as young as 13 years old can marry while girls even young can legally marry with sorry with paternal consent in the first half of the current Iranian calendar year over 16,000 girls aged between 10 and 13, uh, 14 years have married according to official government figures and that's an insane amount of girls that have been married it's, it's insane the current legal marriage age is simply unacceptable. It's clear that child marriage is harmful for the development and well-being of girls, including in terms of education, employment and to live free of violence. While I know at previous attempts to amend the law, pressure must now be brought to raise the marriage age in line with Iran's obligations under the Convention on the Rights of the Child, Rahman said. The report also highlighted serious concerns regarding domestic violence, some positive steps are noted, such as law against ASIC attacks, but a special rapporteur pressed the Iranian government to do more. I acknowledge that the anti-violence bill before parliament provides some positive measures, but as my report details, it must go far enough. I urge for further improvements to the bill 
before it is enforced and to extend support service for women and children who experience domestic violence, Rahman said. Um, but uh, while I was looking back to Iranian history and background and everything, because I'll be very honest, I didn't know a lot about the country, about, you know, the history and stuff and about what's happening. I only figured out recently because of that, I started digging up and I did some research. I found this very beautiful um, Iranian uh, poet called Saadi. And I would like to finish this podcast with one of his poems. Um, and says, it translates actually in English, sorry, human beings are body parts of each other. In creation, they are indeed of one essence. If a body part is afflicted with pain, other body parts uneasy will remain. If you have no sympathy for human pain, the name of human you shall not retain. And like this, I would like to send my solitude to the Iranian women and congratulate for their bravery.